So how about Strasburg's extension? And also, where will Cole and Rendon sign? As Lowrun Vince's MLB Hot Stove League show starts right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Loro and Vince's MLB Hot Stove League show, also known as the uh, 2019 Winter Meetings Edition. This is Loro and Vince. How's it going? I'm doing well, Laura. Happy Monday. And what's going on, baseball fans out there? And uh, thank you guys for listening to us. And uh, I'm ready for our show, Loro. Happy Monday. Uh, how's your happy Monday going? Mon- happy Monday to you as well. But before we talk, let's take you out live to San Diego as Steve as Nationals GM and President of Baseball Ops Mike Rizzo is addressing the media with, with Agent Scott Boris about the Nationals re-signing Steven Strasburg to a seven-year, $245 million deal. So let's take you out there right now. Strasburg has rewarded 
the National Business Championship is performance World Series MVP because of the position that this organization took to take a, a medical advice and protect the long term, even though the immediate effect caused a great deal of animus among the club and the fans. I must say that, uh, you know, for Stephen, for him to establish a legacy of where the Curly W for his career was something that was very important to him. And I think it was because he knew that people in this organization cared deeply about him and always cared about his interests and the interests of his family. And because of that, he uh, decided to stay at home and stay in one uniform and remain a Washington National for the remainder of his career. I agree with you. You've been watching it too, Vince? Uh, yeah, I'm listening. Some of the greatest players in the game. We have the origins of where they're raised and their home that they'll never forget. And then they also have their baseball home. And I think winning this championship and the relationship with the Lerner family and with Mike and his staff, it's been a continuum of communication, of, of really um, listening to the needs of players and really watching and trusting that they understood who Steven Strasburg was so that they could reach the pinnacle of both his performance and their objectives. And the patience required to do that and uh, for ownership and the organization to go through something like that, it took on a heavy burden. And I just think that throughout this relationship, Steven has recognized that and has now signed two contracts with them to continue his legacy of the franchise. Scott, when you guys did the extension and added the opt-outs in, and you envisioned how that may play out, how it may go, now that we have seen this contract, is this what you envisioned, that you would have the flexibility if he maximized everything and be able to circle back with this? I think we all knew that, that Stephen had the capacity to do an elite um, performer 
both because of his mental skills and physical skills. And we also knew at the time he saw him previously that he had, had not had enough experience in the major leagues to develop the secondary pitchers, his breaking ball, his changing to the level that he has today. I think all of us expected him to start. And so for that reason, that contract worked out great. That time frame, that three years positioned him. And Steven became a true number one pitcher and also became something that even great pitchers have difficulty with. He became a great postseason pitcher because he won huge elimination games, key games that even a lot of great pitchers have difficulty winning at that time. So he really, the contract gave the foundation. I think Riz and I agreed when we did it that that period of time was was needed for both of us to properly evaluate Stephen on an optimal way he could be. So I think it worked out great for both. Thank you. Thank you. And you um, value this contract. How would you say it affects your guys' abilities now for back at Toledo and, and where it puts you in the level of play? Well, you know, we, uh, if you look at the history of, uh, of the Nationals and uh, the way we've uh, positioned ourselves and uh, the, the, the details of the contract and the way that, uh, that it's structured, uh, this ownership group was never shy away from putting the resources together to uh, to do uh, the championship title for. I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them in any way hindering us from going after the uh, the elite players that will remain. And uh, I think that uh, Anthony Rendon is uh, again one of the players that is most near and dear to my heart. The guy who was drafted, signed, developed for us, but turned into a superstar, playoff uh, success, and. Uh, and a, and a huge part of the uh, World Championship uh, uh, run that we went on. So, you know, he's a guy that, uh, that we love. Uh, the ownership has always given, given us the resources to field a great team, and, uh, and we're, uh, we're, always, we're always trying to win, and that's, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Mark Rendell had said last week that you guys were going to sort of know you did. That's what you did, though. You did say is that different from the marching orders you've gotten from him, or how, how would you say that's going to affect uh, Well, when you when you look at when you look at those those comments and uh, and and then you look at the structure of uh, this particular deal and, uh, and the structure of deals that we we've had uh, uh, getting up to uh, up to where we are right now, I think that uh, um, Mark realizes that uh, there's there's ways to. Fit players in. There's there's ways that you can build a and change caliber roster and uh, and again the resources have always been there. So I, I don't expect that to change. Scott, Scott over here. Scott, Scott, Scott over here. This is for you. Uh, was there any chance during the negotiation that Steven Strauss had a chance to leave and go to another team? I mean, you talked about you understand how important it is to be quite in negotiations took a while. Was there ever a time you think he was in that? Wow. I don't know where you've been the last year. It's like the beginning of the summer for me. Um, I think the uh, uh, I think every player wants to hear from the exterior about who they are, what they mean, and, and really understand other organizations. Uh, and it's it's really good for players to do that. I think the one thing about the ownership here is that they gave Riz direction to move forward more quickly, and uh, and they did so, knowing who Stephen was and 
has to do and appreciated that, took that direction and acted upon it. Uh, and really, um, certainly, I think some players would want to trust and understand that it's based on the and motivation of the fairness. Stephen also made sure that we wanted to do something in this contract. Something players and to have the best teams, and he did that. And so uh, the mutuality, the intentions were there, and so they allowed us to reach and do the right thing. Okay. Congratulations, Scott. Uh, how do you think this affects the rest of the pitching market now that Rio's gone, Stockwood's gone? People have one partner out there, you have Rio out there, and of course, you're by Cole. I mean, is, uh, is, is, is it going to be well higher as we keep looking at it? Well, I'm going to have a press conference tomorrow and address all these things that I think the largest economist is Ross and Bruce, kind of piggybacking off what Jesse said, you talked about the resources that ownership has made available. Uh, given that kind of commitment, are you guys still committed to staying under that luxury tax, or could you see a scenario where oh, you come close to what ownership gives you that going ahead? Yeah, we haven't we haven't discussed we haven't discussed those parameters yet. Uh, uh, suffice to say that this is an important deal for us to get done. It's kind of a stepping stone uh, at the beginning of, of our of our off season. Uh, you know, we've got Howie we how on the contract, you know, we've got Strauss on the contract. We're kind of checking off uh, all of our needs and all of our wants uh, in, in the off season. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just go back to the, to the point that uh, it's all about alloc uh, asset allocation. And I think that uh, ownership has uh, has been uh, very fair with uh, the resources that they have given me to be a good team. And, uh, you know, Cruz and Clayton, we, we put together a good, a, a good, solid, competitive team for the last eight years. Uh, we won uh, four division titles. We won a wild card uh, title, and uh, we won the world title. So uh, we're, uh, we're in a good position to uh, to continue that. And uh, I think that with the, the support of ownership, we uh, we're we're in good stead. Michael, on that same point, though, I mean, I, to be fair, you do understand, but I think from a fan standpoint, it's really watching the baseball that I think a player like Rendon is not going back on any player that's important to the team. If he doesn't come back, that's, I take, you know, the people who are there for the experience to see you guys have fun. I mean, are you, I guess the thing is, is, is there any understanding of how that might affect the people from the day? Is it That's what we're all about. That's what fan base is all about. We're going to feel that it gives us the best opportunity to do that. Scott, what did Stephen ask you during the process? sure that he can situate them most comfortably as his career. Uh, again, the contract of this length that he, you know, just 
I think the second part of it was winning his teammates. And I spoke throughout the process about his teammates and what he meant to play with them and making sure that I think when you go do these contracts and for Mr. Mark and everyone else is that you really don't know what can be done inside a contract through opportunities so that um, aspects of, of the team can be looked at a little differently when they have that in mind. And Stephen had that in mind when he, when he directed me to negotiate and, and create a value, a fair market value for him, but also structure and allow the, the team to continue to have a, have a championship level. So uh, those are the primary aspects of it. And he certainly wanted to make sure also that the stadium in D.C. was open every day in the offseason so he could go there and work out um, and, uh, and, and do all the things he can do and then to make sure that Obviously, there's there's measures in this contract that allow for the club to extend the, the payouts a few extra years in the, in the contract that allows your immediacy of the, the payroll in current years when it has more flexibility. And that's what the final thing. Mike does. Stephen led the NL in his pitch this year and talked about how he could be teaching Scott's club a couple of years. How much did seeing him? Kind of be in that space, throw more pitches than anybody else in the league this year. Give you guys assurance that his long-term health is what the thing as much as you can figure that out with a pitcher, and you feel like he's he's in a spot now where he knows basically precisely what he needs to do in order to be on the mound for thirty-two times. Well, the transformation of Steven Stossel from the pitcher that we drafted to the to the pitcher that uh, was World Series MVP is is pretty fast. This, uh, you're talking about a, a pitcher who's revamped his, his diet, his workout regimen, his throwing program, his mechanics, uh, his repertoire, uh, his his, uh, his his total his total being uh, in in uh, uh, in the clubhouse and on the field. Uh, we, we think that uh, he's he's got extremely good stuff, uh, and his pitch ability has gotten better and better and better each each and every year. Um, you know, I've said this for years that he's, you know, when, when he's on the mound, he's one of the top, you know, three or four pitchers in all of baseball. Uh, he always has been, uh, and the secret was to keep him on the mound as, as often as possible. I think he's done a great job of that. Uh, I think that uh, our, our medical professionals in our, in our clubhouse have really helped that with our training staff and our medical staff. Uh, I really think that uh, our, our pitching coaches and, and, our, and our pitching coordinators have, have really helped uh, with uh, – with mechanical tweaks and, and, and fixes, uh, and and Stephen himself has really educated himself on uh, on how to stay healthy and, and, and be the best uh, Stephen Strasburg he could be. All right, thanks, Eddie. Listening to the. All right, Ben. So uh, now we now we can resume with our show. So first off, what were your thoughts on Stephen Strasburg signing a record? Seven-year deal to remain with the Washington Nationals. I'm not surprised he deserves money. And Laurel, me and you will take that money. I mean, it was smart, and I'm not surprised. I mean, they won a World Series last year, and Mike Rizzo and the owner are smart. 
I mean, we'll see if they re-sign Rendon, but you know, you know what? I don't blame Strasburg. He deserves it. And now Padre France could just cry, right? Yeah, they could just cry. But to get your point back here, I do believe I still believe that the Nationals will find a way to keep Anthony Rendon. How? Maybe on a short-term contract, three years worth less money. Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm hearing the Rangers and the Dodgers at this point, but we'll see. Because I still have a gut feeling that Rendon will stay with the Nationals, but not on a long-term deal, but on a short-term deal, so that they keep the team together. If he doesn't stay, what, what do you what do you see him going to? Rangers, because he's from Texas. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they'll. they'll I mean, they, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I agree with you, Laurel. I mean, it's either Washington or yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, I, I feel. What, what do you think? Rendon will get signed T- tonight, tomorrow, or maybe Thursday or Wednesday? Maybe Wednesday or Thursday. All right, we'll see what happens. So talk about, let's predict where Garrett Cole will land. I officially predict that Garrett Cole will be a member of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, I'm hoping he's a Dodger, but it's probably not going to happen because previously I'm going to go to the high. Yeah, it's impossible. Unless we have a Marino or a, a rich, another rich owner. Uh, but right now, we don't. But, um, and I think Boris is just insane. The Yankees just to, go, just to up the price. I don't believe the Yankees are the favorite. I think the Angels will be the favorite because he's from the West Coast and his friend is um, Otani. So my I would favor the Angels, and plus they got Joe Madden. And I like what the Angels are doing. So I, I'm favoring the Angels right now. All right, so here's a question of the day. Assuming Jock Peterson is traded to the White Sox, what would the Dodgers lineup look like in 2020, assuming Muncie isn't any deal, which isn't likely? So I tagged you in this post just today. That my lineup for the Dodgers, assuming if Peterson traded to Chicago, White Sox, it would go like this. Uh, Pollock, Verdugo, Turner, Bellinger, Muncie, Seager, Smith, and Lux in that order. You think so? Yes. What about you? Same. And th- what were you saying? Same. All right. So let's also did, did you see that? Did you see that Bob Nyingo tweet? Yeah, I saw it. And, about Pollock? Uh, about Pollock? Yeah, about Pollock and Peterson and utility, utility Mackeke Hernandez being available to trade. What's talk about that? Do you think that's a rumor or do you think it could, it could happen? I mean, it could happen, but I just wouldn't include Kike Hernandez in that deal. Just Chris Taylor. Kike is off limits in trade talks. So if Pollock and and uh, Peterson gets dealt, you don't care? I don't really – that doesn't really matter to me, man. All right, just asking. Keep going. Because I feel like that if uh, – if they're traded, then that makes room for DJ Peters to start in left field potentially. But I also, I've also envisioned DJ Peters being a bench player for the Dodgers if if Ballinger starts in right field. That's what I'm also picturing as well. I'm with you as well. Keep going. So that being said, uh, so that being said, uh, let's talk about uh, Donaldson. Do you think Kaybert Ruiz and Chris Taylor and Edwin Rios and Tony Gonsolin are on the trade blocks? Mm, yes, Gonsolin. Yes, if you get if you can get more talent, yes. Yeah, I think they could, they could get more talent for that. That's for sure. And also, a question for you is: Do you, do you envision DJ Peters and Kyle Garlic making the 2020 opening day bench, assuming Muncie's the team starting first baseman in 2020, which yes. is likely? Oh, sorry, sorry, but yeah, yes, I do. And what about Kike Hernandez getting extended? Mm, that's to be determined. I, I don't know. What do you think? 
let's play it out this month and see what happens. Okay, keep going. And then let's talk about is do you think Hyunjin Ryu stays with the Dodgers? And if so, is Kenta Maeda on the tri block? Um, Ryu, I'm gonna say no for some reason. Uh, if, if we keep him, yeah, but I'm gonna say no right now. And Maeda, I'm trading him, yes. If he doesn't like his position right now, trade trade him um, somewhere we, so we can get more talent back. So predicting the let's predict the Dodgers' 2020 rotation if I if Ryu stays or signs of the Blue Jays, Twins, or Angels. But my rotation for the Dodgers as of right now goes like this. Euler, Kershaw, Maeda, Urias, and May. Same. I'm the same way. But if Ryu comes back, then Maeda's on the tri block. That's for sure. Absolutely. And also, Peters would be right fielder, you know? You think so? Yeah. Or Pollock. Or Pollock in le- or or start in left field if uh if Pollock were traded. Absolutely. So with that being said, everybody, uh hope everybody has a good day, Vince. Talk to you tomorrow on the NFL podcast and we'll resume this show on Wednesday and we can have our continued coverage of the winter meetings. All right, man. Have a good night. Peace out. See you everybody.